Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Psalm 23, before you're seated, we'll read the 23rd Psalm. Tonight I want to speak to you on this subject, my next step of faith. My next step of faith. And I want to show you some steps in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My next step of faith. God bless you. You may be seated. My next step of faith. Everything about God is in forward motion. But we have a tendency sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, to not always take the step forward. Sometimes we sidestep God's will. And God passes and leads. But we've taken a sidestep. Sometimes We walk backwards while looking forward and acting like everything's okay, but we're really not moving forward, we're moving backward. And sometimes we are bold enough and deliberate enough to even turn our back on God and walk away. You're going to see four groups of people, three that I just described, and finally the fourth that will continue to press on. We are moving forward. General Patton was quoted as saying, we are not holding any positions. We are constantly advancing. We're not holding on to anything. We are constantly advancing. And God wants to take us to the next step of faith. Let me give you an example of this with Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11 with some lepers. Verse 11 reads this way, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, if I'm different than most people, but when I look at this, I say, well, you said go show yourselves to the priest. I understand that's part of the law, but nothing has happened at this point. They didn't, all of a sudden, the leprosy was gone, and, and to prove it, they were told to go show themselves to the priest. They walked away 
with their leprosy, but they walked in faith to the priest. And while they were walking in faith, they were healed. Isn't that amazing? Because they took the next step of faith. Even though they didn't see the miraculous instantly. Here's another example. Mark chapter 5, verse number 29. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years suffered many things of many physicians. Spent all she had was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Why? Because like the song we heard tonight, I'm desperate for you. That's what we sang here tonight. I'm desperate for you. Let me give you Brother Kylie's picture of this situation. This is, this is my view. I picture a woman who's frustrated, broke financially, none the better, but she heard that Jesus was coming to, to town. She was excited because she really believed that if she could touch him, she would be healed. But when she came, there were so many people around him that she could hardly even see him without jumping up in the air because she was probably a light and small woman because of her illness. And she saw all these people reaching out to Jesus, arms fully extended, voices at, a, at loud volume. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, touch me. And as she looked at this big crowd all, of her, all around Jesus, she thought to herself, I'll never be able to get anywhere near him. And maybe if I, if I can use this little dramatization that, that I felt God gave me while I was preparing this message. Maybe she fell on her knees and thought to herself, he was my last hope. All of man has failed me. Nobody's been able to help me. I looked forward to this and now there's no way I can get to him. And while she was on her knees, is it possible that she may have turned her head in the direction that she knew Jesus was and all she saw were legs? But the legs that she saw were smaller than the torsos that she saw when she was standing up. Maybe seeing those legs, the thought may have come to her mind, maybe I could get to him if I wasn't embarrassed into bumping into people and maybe making a little bit of inconvenience on my way, but there is a possibility that I could crawl on my knees to get to where Jesus is. How humbling is it to be on your hands and on your knees crawling through a crowd? How desperate would you have to be to do such a thing, but she didn't care. 
All that mattered was she was going to make an effort. She was going to fight through whatever she had to fight through. And she started crawling and crawling and crawling. And every once in a while, because she had been twisted and turned so many times, she would have to stand up every once in a while and say, Oh, he's over in this direction where Brother Hickey is. I need to keep that angle toward him. And back down on her knees and back down on her hands she went. And she crawled some more and maybe went another 10 feet and popped her head up and looked and saw that she needed to turn a little bit more to the right. And finally, she got close enough, maybe just a couple of feet from Jesus. And she said, okay, I see that his garment is blue. And I see that there's a little bit of gold trim on his garment. That's, that's how I'll identify him when I get to his feet. And finally, she saw the blue garment with the gold trim. And, and she saw it, and it was becoming in reach. And she lunged at his garment and grabbed onto his garment and instantly, instantly, she was healed. She felt it in her body, just as she thought she would. And she knew in her heart that God had healed her. And all of a sudden, all of the noise, all of the commotion, all, all of the pandemonium that was around Jesus stopped because he billowed in his voice and said, stop! Somebody touched me. And the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, people are banging into you all the time. We're doing our best to keep them off of you. But how could you say somebody touched me? I'm here tonight to tell you that too many of us are reaching for the hand of God when we should be reaching for the face of God. We look only for our need to be met rather than just worshiping God for who he is and what he has already done. Too many people reaching for the hand of God, not enough reaching for the face of God, but not this woman. No, 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 whatever I have to do, I don't care how humbling it is, I am gonna get to Jesus and I am going to touch him and you know what I mean when I say I'm going to touch him. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to be one with him. And she did. And Jesus said, I perceive virtue has gone out of me because this woman took her next step of faith. And God honored her. While there's no record of any other miracle but for this one woman at this event. Mm. I wonder how many of us will ever become so desperate that we, if we have to, will crawl. You know what she was doing? This is Brother Kylie. If you don't like it, throw it away. She was walking to Jesus on her knees. That's what she was doing. She was walking to Jesus 
on her knees. I wonder if that isn't what we're doing when we come to an altar and we kneel down in humility, acknowledging who he is versus who we are, our inadequacies versus his power to do anything and to be able to, for him to say, you touched me and my virtue is now in you. My virtue is in you. But we gotta get desperate for that to happen. The next step of faith. I believe that there are at least four steps of faith. Number one, I believe that we have to believe. Number two, I believe that we have to obey. Number three, I believe that we will receive. And then number four, we need to walk. We need to walk. Believe, obey, receive, and walk. Now, believe is obvious. I don't think I need to explain that at all. But obedience, that was certainly evident with the lepers. They were told to walk, right? Go show yourself to the priest. The marriage at Canaan. You want to see the water turned into wine? Fill the vessels. Obey me. Do, and Mary said, whatever he tells, listen, here, there's a, brand, a message that somebody can preach another time. Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That'll preach, won't it? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Thank God for his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the... Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And don't fear the steps of next year, next week, or even the next day. Take today's step. Step, not steps. Step of faith. Today's step of faith. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13 and 1 reads this way. Moses The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were the heads of the children of Israel. They were told to go and spy out the land. They were not told to go out and determine whether Israel was going to advance, their only purpose was find out where the enemy is most vulnerable so that we can attack there first. That's your job. But instead, you can read about it in the rest of this chapter, instead they come back and they give an evil. The Bible said an evil report. They said, oh, you know what? The Lord said it was a land that flows with milk and honey. We can't deny that. Why, look at this cluster of grapes that it takes two men and a pole to carry. It truly is a land that flows with milk and honey. But, but, Anak, the giant is there and his people, there's giants in the land. And the cities, some of them are walled and fortified and 
The people are bigger and stronger and they're better equipped than we are. And there's no way that we can conquer these people. It is too much for us. So why, we look like a bunch of grasshoppers. And that was their report. But while they're giving their report, Caleb waves his hand. Moses, can I have a turn to speak? Moses, just a minute, Caleb, let, it, let this man finish what he's saying. But, but Moses, I have something important to say. And finally, finally, Moses said, all right, Caleb, your turn. What do you have to say? And Caleb said, let's go up and take the land at once, right now. We are able. God has promised us. Let's go do it now. And they all shout, except for Joshua. Oh, no, Caleb, you're wrong. Uh, we can't do this. It's, it's not possible. And following their negativity, they even start talking about Egypt again. You know, back in Egypt, can you picture this? Back in Egypt, at least we were fed. At least shelter was given to us. Maybe we'd have been better off. That isn't the way you talked earlier when you cried out to God for deliverance after 400 years of bondage. But now because you have a bit of an obstacle and no faith in what God said you were to do, you're backing up. Oh, you're still claiming to be the people of God, but, but you're backing up. And God got mad. He got mad. And he said, well, you know what? This generation is going to die in the wilderness. You're going to wander in a wilderness for a generation, 40 years, except for two guys the two that had a willingness to take the next step of faith. Joshua and Caleb, you'll get to go. The rest of you, this generation, dies. And you know what? Even though their punishment is to wander in the wilderness, he still leads them. He's still a cloud by day. He's still a pillar of fire by night. He still drops manna out of heaven. You can read about it. I, I, I marked it down, but I don't think we're going to read it here. You can read it on your own. Um, Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 6. He claimed that your clothes won't wear out. Your shoes will continue to fit. They won't wear out. Nobody's going to get sick. 40 years of that. Even though they were a rebellious people toward what God had asked them to do. And again, they spoke of turning back to Egypt. Let me take you over to Joshua chapter 3 for a moment and read to you the eventual entering into the promised land. Genesis, or excuse me, Joshua chapter 3 verse 9. They're getting ready to finally, after these 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, go into the promised land. 
And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby will you know that the living God is among you, and that he, without fail, will drive out from you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Now therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it will come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they will stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of water, for the Jordan overflows his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam that is beside Zeratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed. They were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood upon dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on the ground until all the people were clean passed over Jordan. Now let me make a comparison here for you. When the children of Israel first left Egypt, before the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they came to the Red Sea. It appeared that they were in a defenseless situation. They had made a military strategy that was flawed because when the Egyptians came against them, they had nowhere to go because they were pinned against the sea. But remember this, that the cloud by day and the pillar of fire that, that led them when they left Egypt was present at the time of the Egyptians' arrival. And that God got between them and the Egyptians. You can read about it. Read about it on your own. It moved from in front of the Israelites to behind the Israelites. And it says it was a cloud and a darkness by these for night, but it gave light by night to these, meaning the Israelites, so that the one could not come near the other all that night. Then, after Moses is told to extend the rod over the sea, God causes a strong east wind. He speaks to the wind. Wind, come out of the east and blow at this many miles per hour. And the wind obeys what God says and parts the, the sea that it is caused to billow right and left. Not only does it create a hole in the sea for them to walk to, but that wind has to dry all that mud so that it becomes dry ground and then they are allowed and encouraged to walk through the sea. The faith that is required at this moment 
is that at any time the waters which are on the left or the right could come back on them and drown them all in the sea. So they have to walk in faith even though they see the miraculous before their very eyes. And they take their step of faith following their leader, Moses, who leads them through the Red Sea. And of course, God can drown the Egyptians just by stopping the wind. All he has to say to the wind is, stop. And gravity will take over and drown them. Now, let's take that comparison and go 40 years later to the Jordan River, which is overflowing its banks its current is so strong. And this time, God's going to do it different. He's going to do a different thing. He says, this time, I want the Ark of the Covenant brought to the front, and I want the priests that bear it to walk into the water. That takes faith. I said, that takes faith to walk into a river that the current is so swift that it can take you away. But he's asking them for their, not only their believing, but their obedience concerning their faith to step into the water. And when they do, that's when the water parts. They're not identical. Matter of fact, they're opposites. This time it's, You step before I open. Before it was open and now you step. Can you say amen? Amen. So God can change the dynamics. Not only for the Israelites, but for you and I. It's not always the same. It's not always the same familiar pattern and way that God does things. It requires Faith, not trust. Now I'm making you think here. Not trust. Trust is saying, well, you've done this before and you'll do it again. But faith is saying, you want me to do something new that I've never done before, that I've never seen you do before? That's faith. Where in the scripture did, it, did the priests ever do this before? And where will they ever do it again? But that's how God tests our faith. By changing the dynamics. And seeing if we will believe, obey, receive, walk, walk in faith. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut? I gotta ask you tonight. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut? Do you feel like sometimes the services run together? You know? Do you ever ever feel like you want something new and and something fresh? Lord, I, I remember a song that Lanny Wolf wrote one time. It was called, Lord, you know I need a brand new touch. My strength from yesterday is gone. 
But if you'd give me, Lord, another touch, I'd have the strength to carry on. I thought the sun had come to stay, but oh, too soon it went away. And in its place, the storm clouds came, and with the clouds, there came the rain. But if you'll give me, Lord, another touch. We need another touch. We need a desperation in our walk with God that says, I, I, I'm thankful, but, but I, I'm ready for something new. And if you just tell me what that next step is, I'll take the next, the next step of faith. I want to conclude tonight. I want to read you a song. And um, just for your information, the name of the song is You're About to Climb. You're About to Climb. And this song is by the uh, Collinsworth family. And you're going to get to hear the song. And the song will actually be the altar call tonight. While you're hearing this song and thinking and meditating on the words, I want you to come to the altar tonight or make an altar where you are or if you're at home, I want the song to be the, the altar call tonight for you to take the next step of faith. Let me read the song to you before you hear it and then the words will be on the screen as well. Standing at the crossroads of faith and deepest fear, so afraid of failing if you move on from here, the road ahead is steep, but you're not giving up because God's about to take you to a brand new place of trust. So take a step of faith. It's time to move Lay aside your fears. Watch what God will do. There's victory ahead. That mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on, because you're about to climb. Higher heights await you beyond what you have dreamed, and they're yours for the taking if you dare to believe. So leave your doubts behind and let God make you brave. Because he has gone before you. He's already made a way. So take a step of faith. It's time to move. Lay aside your fears. Watch what God will do. There's victory ahead. That mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on. Because you're about to climb. You may feel you can't go on. It just seems too hard. But put your hand in his and he will take you to the stars. So take a step of faith. It's time to move and lay aside your fears and watch what God will do. There's victory ahead. That mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on because you're about to climb. Let's stand together. Jesus, I pray that people will respond to your word tonight and that we will take the very next step that you have for us, that 
next step of faith. Overcoming our fear, overcoming what we think we see with our eyes, and knowing that you are... Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.